Yahoo listeners, Christine Darbell here in Ottawa, Canada, giving you a recap of the CPRS student event in Ottawa called Behind the PR Scenes, an evening with Jim Watson and his team. Strong community leaders, businesses, and associations need talented support teams who work behind the scenes to help develop strategies, engage audiences, and deliver key messages. In Ottawa, no one knows that better than our mayor, Jim Watson. Mayor Jim Watson accepted CPRS's invitation to bring three of his trusted advisors for an inside look at best practices and why our mayor is so successful using online and offline communication channels to tell the city's story. The mayor and his team sat on a panel moderated by none other than Joseph Thornley himself. Some of our listeners might know the iconic name. Joe Thornley is the co-founder of Thornley Fallis and 76 Design and also one of the hosts of Inside PR. Joining the mayor on the panel was his director of community relations, Danielle McGee, press secretary, Ryan Kennery, who our listeners probably recognize from our time at the UOPRA conference last month, and special assistant, Brooke Simpson. The mayor started off with a little history lesson on himself, complete with rejection letters. So I always wanted to be a newspaper reporter, and I went to study journalism and communications at Carleton University, and every, had every great intention of uh, you know, going into the newspaper business, and I sent out close to 250 resumes. In the old-fashioned, this was in 1983, resumes, photocopy, resumes, um, you know, send them out, I sent them to MPs, to newspapers. And I started to get, back then, I sound like an old guy, but back then you used to get rejection letters. Now you don't even get a rejection letter most of the time. So I, I put an entire wall of rejection letters in my room on residence. It was like the cinder block wall, including a rejection letter from the McDonald's trainee program. So I knew I had sort of hit rock bottom when I didn't even get a, an interview with, uh, with McDonald's. Part of his career included being President and Chief Executive Officer of the Canadian Tourism Commission. He had the joy of promoting our great country to the world and on a very tight budget. Mr. Watson said it is always important to think outside the box to get notice. And he wasn't joking. Uh, We once had, uh, I had this idea, it was at the the height of or the beginning of uh, Survivor Series. So it was always tropical locations. So I sent a pitch to Mark Burnett, the creator, to have one in northern Canada, you know, to have like Survivor Yukon or Survivor Yellowknife or something. And so we decided to go down and give a pitch to Mark Burnett uh, in um, Los Angeles. And uh, we used to, it sounds corny, but it works. We used to always, when we go to trade shows, bring Mounties in their full red surge because that's a symbol of Canada. You may think it's sort of corny and a cliche. But the reality is, a Mountie is a very strong, positive symbol. All the polling that we did showed that people like the Mountie, because it's pretty unique, the brim hat and so on. So we had to deal with the Mounties. They had certain Mounties that would come on these trips with us. So it turned out it was a father and son. Believe it or not, their name was Too Good. Sergeant and Constable Too Good. It was like Dudley Too Couldn't have asked for better. So we had them lined up and we were going to go in with this pitch to CBS and the day before we got there we had a little bit of downtime so we wanted to go down Rodeo Drive and have lunch at Wolfgang Puck's restaurant which was the famous caterer for the Oscars. Normally people go in there and they want their picture taken with Wolfgang Puck because he's famous. Well I brought these two Mounties in their red surge walking down Rodeo Drive 
uh, to Wolfgang Parks, and he came out of the kitchen wanting his picture with them, which I thought, you know, it, it was sort of cool. And then on our way back, we're, we're walking back to our hotel, and this uh, Beverly Hills police officer pulls over and jumps out of the car and radios to get a camera because he wants his picture. This is Beverly Hills cop having his picture with the, the two Mounties. So we went in the next day and pitched it, and they were very impressed of these two, you know, sergeant and, and constable too good, and we, we laid out beautiful pictures of the, the scenery of the north and how spectacular it would be. And they, you know, they kept somewhat of an open mind, but I thought it's going to be a bit of an uphill battle. And sure enough, at the end of it, they said, you know, the reality is one of the successful elements of Survivor is swimwear. And you can't really have a lot of swimwear in Northern Canada, so we didn't really win that. But it got a, a, a lot of attention in the States uh, and in Canada and promoted the Northwest Territories, Nunavut and, uh, and Yukon. When he was elected as mayor of City of Ottawa, his popularity grew quickly as the mayor on Twitter. I think, you know, what I find uh, beneficial about uh, Twitter in particular is it really is an opportunity for the public to have direct contact with me as the mayor of the city. There's no filter. I do my own tweeting. It's sort of a hot medium and, you know, sometimes I get into these Twitter debates with people at night, which I shouldn't, and I get a call or email from Ryan, uh, maybe it's time to go to bed, you know, because I get sort of passionate about an issue and I don't like these politicians who just sort of, you know, say what the people want to hear, you know, oh yeah, 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 we'll look into that. Well, if I know that I'm not going to look into it, I'm going to tell you that and be blunt with you. So I, I probably, it's a hot medium in the sense that there are probably times you regret pushing that send button. We even learned about his facetious side on Twitter. Follow hashtag Facts Matter for a little bit more information. Well, I, one of the things I, I enjoy doing, I probably shouldn't admit it, but I, I love correcting journalists on Twitter. And I have this hashtag Facts Matter that I always use, which I'm sure drives them crazy. And um, it's Joanne Chianello, who's the City Hall columnist. She and I will argue back and forth, and then I, you know, I found a mistake she made, so I have to let the world know about it. And, um, you know, and then she's on CBC, and I said, well, I hope you're going to uh, correct the record on CBC radio this morning when you go on, and then I'm listening. Well, the mayor's just tweeted me, and yes, I was inaccurate on this point. And she's, I think, ready like with a voodoo doll to sort of stick me. Um, and she, you know, she and I have agreed. I think we're sort of like an old married couple. We're just sort of arguing all the time. But I think it's important as a politician not to, you know, always turn the other cheek. You know, you know, don't fight with people who buy the by the barrel. That kind of philosophy. Journalists do make mistakes from time to time. Now, it's one thing to have a difference of opinion. She may disagree with me on X, Y, or Z, but if there's a factual error in the story, then I think as a politician or the staff of a politician or a business person or a labor leader, uh, you should push back because, you know, the damage is sort of done. It's the big headline and then correction is page two, you know, a little tiny print. So at least this gives you a bit of a fighting chance to get the message across that, well, you know what, what you just said was actually factually incorrect. And the vast majority of journalists who are professional, intelligent people that I've dealt with over the years, you know, are, are concerned about objectivity and concerned about being factually correct because that's their bread and butter. And very few examples can I, I give you of, of journalists who I've found to be irresponsible. The vast majority, I think, are, are pretty good doing their job under 
tough circumstances. They've got deadlines to meet. And, you know, back when I first ran, there was no News World or Newsnet or 24-hour news. It was just a, a television reporter had a story to do, and it was the 6 o'clock news, and that was it. Well, today, you know, you got to file. Like, you know, at 5 o'clock today, you know, Jim Flaherty announced he's resigning. Well, all of a sudden, that becomes the news story at the end of the day. So they've got you know, their work cut out for them. So I don't, you know, go out of my way to sort of gloat if there's a, an error, but once in a while, it feels good. And of course, no questioning of a Canadian mayor is complete without a mention of Rob Ford. Yeah, I don't want to be like Rob Ford. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, you know, someone like tweeted, you know, I'm glad our mayor is boring. You know, it's like, you know, boring mayor, hashtag boring mayor or something like that. And I, in this day and age, I think, you know, given all of the problems that mayors had last year, the mayor of Montreal, the mayor of Laval, the mayor of, of Toronto, uh, I think probably uh, boring is pretty good uh, these days. You know, people want their political leaders to be competent. They want them to have a vision for the city and they want to see how well they work with their council. I, I think, you know, what's happened in Toronto does a disservice to the political process because we end up in a situation where, um, you know, uh, it, it's becoming, you know, more, you know, fun and amusing, but I can only imagine the city is, and the administration and the rest of the council are probably in a pretty deep sense of paralysis because, you know, what's he going to say next or, you know, what's going to happen next? And, you know, just when you think nothing else can happen, something else even more outrageous happens. And I don't think that we should use um, social media or media events to sort of, you know, add more chaos to a situation. I think as a leader, you're trying to sort of calm the situation down and try to stabilize the organization or the issue or, um, or the particular challenge that you're faced with as opposed to, you know, going and putting more oil on the fire by just sort of constantly being the center of the dysfunctionality. But here in Ottawa, we are lucky to have a boring mayor that spends quality time within the community and with the people of the city of Ottawa. You know, we can do all of this work in terms of public relations and media relations and social media, but at the end of the day, politics is also about interacting with people. And, you know, last year I think we received 5,200 invitations to different events. And I was lucky enough, I think I went to 22 or 2300. And then our deputy mayors went to some and then some we just couldn't attend. And, um, you know, there's this sort of joke, well, you know, Jim Watson go to the opening of an envelope. And, you know, <laughs> I think it's important that politicians don't get trapped in this technology or media cocoon. You gotta get out in the community because often the bubble we live in is not really reflective of what's going on in the real world. We might think this issue, you know, is the biggest issue ever to hit the city, and yet no one else is really interested in it except a bunch of politicians and some bureaucrats at City Hall. So I think it's important that we stay grounded. Like I take, you know, about twice a month the bus, and I was on the bus today. I took the bus to work today, number 85 on Carling. And it's always interesting to see sort of this reaction when, you know, you're sitting in a seat and, like, people are taking a double take, like, you know, are you Jim Watson? You know, are you the mayor? And, and I, you know, it's sort of nice for the ego, but it also sort of keeps you grounded. You realize this road is really bumpy. You know, you got to get this And, you know, I go to, like, a lot of church bazaars. Like, you know, my sister says I'm very bizarre because I go to all these church bazaars. But it's a great way to sort of go 
and find out not what sort of the usual suspects of lobbyists and people looking for money and a break and a zoning change, but individuals who are just sort of, you know, trying to make ends meet, raise their family, you know, go to work, contribute to their community. And I think, you know, part of my image, I suppose, if I had, you know, that is that I am accessible, that, you know, I'm accessible at a church bazaar or a fish fry at a community center in Fitzroy Harbor, just as I am electronically. But you can't do one without the other, because people are not voting for a Twitter feed. They're voting for an individual, and they want to be able to see you. Stay tuned over the next few weeks to hear more from behind the scenes with CPRS and Jim Watson. We will discuss the mayor's opinion on the relationship with the media and the changing PR landscape, the immediacy of Twitter and how politicians should respond on social media, and much more. Head over to youngprpros.ca to catch all the episodes with Christine Darbell and Julia Kent. Thanks, and we'll talk to you soon.